Welcome to the Men's Global Livestream. I'm Jeremy, and I'm your host for this worldwide gathering of men. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. This unprecedented moment in history is creating an equally unprecedented spiritual shift in the hearts of men toward God, and you are a part of that massive global shift. Now, last week, we heard of the recent study just released that highlighted what God is doing. Now, it may be shocking to some, but it is not to God. Now, the study showed that 44% of the people interviewed said that the COVID pandemic was, get this, it was their wake-up call for God. And that is why I'm here. That's why you're here. And this is why we don't want to miss the movement of God that will forever change the world by changing millions of people's lives spiritually. Now, that is God's unplanned plan for this moment, and we get to be a part of it. Now, to get us ready for today's study, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had the windshield of your car just fog up? You know, where you can't see through it and it makes it hard to drive? Not only is it dangerous, but makes you nervous when you can't see what is in front of you clearly. Or maybe you have a window in your house that has a lot built up on it and you can't see through it. The bottom line is that we need to get rid of that fog on the windshield and spray some glass cleaner on that window so we can see what is on the other side. That is exactly what God is up to right now with this circumstance. He is removing the buildup. He's clearing up the fog. But for what purpose? So that you can see him clearly. Now, do you know anyone that might need a little clarity in this fog of a circumstance? I'm sure you do. So take a second right now and click share so you don't have to struggle and be anxious in this situation. Now, let's join men's expert and pastor, Kenny Luck, live from the Everyman Studios in Southern California for week five of the Corona Chronicles. Hey, good morning, men. Welcome to the men's global live stream. If you have a Bible, you'll want to hold a spot this morning in Jeremiah chapter 9. And as we have begun uh, our Corona Chronicles uh, during this time, we want to take this moment uh, to just recognize the seriousness of what's happening. And as a community of men, as a community of faith, uh, go to God, uh, not just for ourselves, but for a lot of people right now uh, that are hurting, that are suffering and that need a touch from God. And so uh, as we pray for them, we might be praying for ourselves, but certainly we wanna go to God in this time as men of faith. So would you please bow your head right where you are, right where you're sitting, and, and let's go to God and let's ask God to touch people who need his help and strength right now as a community of faith. Father, thank you so much that you have created this time and the technology and the capacity to come together as men of faith. And so, Lord, we present ourselves to you through Jesus. And, Lord, we bring not only our own concerns this morning, but, Lord, we are thinking of others. God, we pray for the sick right now, for every person around the world who is sitting lonely in a hospital bed, and we pray for healing, mercy, and comfort. God, we pray for the lonely. We pray for those who are quarantined. We pray for the elderly and people who cannot leave their house. And God, we pray for your comfort and your assurance and your presence and for a sound mind. God, we pray that their loneliness wouldn't confuse them or disorient them. God, we pray for the anxious. And there are millions of people who are anxious over the future. Jesus, you said, my peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And so, Lord, we pray for supernatural peace in the midst of this time. 
And Father, we remember right now those who serve, everyone who's serving, law enforcement, first responders, healthcare workers, truck drivers, grocery store workers, everyone who's waking up and not staying home and going into work who need strength, who need focus, who need encouragement, and who need peace as they go to work to serve us. Bless them and help us to bless them as we see them from a distance. And God, we pray for those who lead, those who lead government, those who lead businesses, employers. Lord, would you give them wisdom and vision and insight? And Lord, we're praying for a supernatural bridge through this time. Lord, it's not just help financially, but wisdom and ideas and creativity, God, that we would come out stronger than when we went in. And Lord, we pray for all of those who've lost their jobs and who are wondering where their next paycheck is going to come from. Lord, would you begin preparing now a return, a return to new jobs, a return to their previous employers. And Lord, lastly, I pray for those who grieve and we present them to you. Lord, we pray that you would give them the freedom to grieve fully. We pray for comfort from heaven to heal broken hearts. We thank you that you're close to the brokenhearted and you save those who are crushed in spirit. Lord, um, we come to you with all of these groups of people, every individual, and now we pray for ourselves. Lord, would you open our eyes that we might see the wonderful things in your word so that we can live out your purpose during this time. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. So if you have a Bible, open it to Jeremiah uh, chapter 9. I want to start with a question. When things are cloudy, whatever the situation is, don't you want clarity? I live in California. Uh, I've driven from Northern California to Southern California uh, many times. And I remember one late night, about two o'clock in the morning, when I decided to drive uh, back from my home for the fall semester at UCLA. I was, uh, I was driving on Highway 5 south to LA. Uh, and I'm, I'm somewhere uh, in between uh, Northern Cal and Southern Cal, uh, on that stretch of I-5 that's a, a little smelly and barren. And uh, all of a sudden, I come over a, short, a small hill and I come right into a massive fog bank. And at that time of night, all it is is 18-wheelers. Zoom, zoom, zoom. They're just going. And I was so shocked, especially as I entered the fog bank, that, um, that, these, that these big, massive trucks were going so fast. And so uh, I kind of pulled in behind one because I figured, you know, if he runs into something, it, at least it'll be before me and he'll probably move it out of the way. But I remember the enveloping fog and how anxious I got as I was, I was trying to navigate to get to my next destination. And I had to drive in that fog for, for 10 or 15 minutes before unannounced to me, all of a sudden, it was totally clear. I had exited the fog bank. And I just remember that, uh, that fear and that, and that anxiety. You know what? That's a little bit like what's happening right now. A lot of us are in this fog bank. We've entered it. We don't know uh, how long it's going to last. And we just don't have clarity. But man, are we longing for clarity. And when we read the Bible, we have n a number of different situations where people are put in situation where there's a fog over the future. And we're gonna read about a situation right now 
in Jeremiah chapter 9, and we're going to look at verse 12. If you have the notes, it's right at the top. And let me set the context for you. Uh, Jeremiah is the man of God, and he is talking about a time of, of confusion, a time of negative circumstances, and, and people's response during that time of confusion and negative circumstances. And he writes this in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 12. He says, Who is wise enough to understand this, the negative circumstance? Who has been instructed by the Lord and can explain it? Why has the land been ruined and laid waste like a desert, listen, that no one can cross? So you see, this is not the first situation in history or time in any country where there's been a total and complete shutdown of a nation. Movement stopped. No one can cross, Jeremiah says. Minds are asking why. Who can understand this? And men are seeking answers. And then into this confusion and and this wondering and this asking why, God himself offers an explanation a few verses later. Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24. So into the confusion, it says this. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight. Did you see the the shift into the confusion? There is things that people talked about before the confusion and negative circumstances start. And then God speaks into it and says, I would like a shift in what it is that you're focused on and what it is that, that you're talking about. Um, I received a text uh, yesterday from a friend who is in the midst of the fog. And he said this, seven years ago, we started my company. And today, three quarters of the company is laid off. And I'm not sure what is going to happen. And we are burning through cash like crazy. But I'm closer to God than I've been in a while. It was never my company to begin with, and I'm good with that. I've started out my mornings with your daily devotions for quite some time, and they've been a blessing to me. So you see uh, one man, kind of like the men and people in this situation in Jeremiah's time, and God has allowed a circumstance that's, that's negative and confusing, and they don't know how to process it, And the same thing that God talks about in Jeremiah 9, 23, and 24 is happening. God is explaining why he is allowing this and what he wants to see happen. That's what's happening in in the midst of COVID-19. The recent survey from the Joshua Fund says that 44% of everybody in our country is perceiving this as a wake-up call for their relationship with God. And that's that's what God's saying. There's the things that you used to boast about before this how much you know, what you have, how empowered and strong and self-sufficient you are. Well, guess what? Don't boast or brag about that right now, but let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me. So what does my, my friend who texted me know? And what should we know in this situation? 
about God's unplanned plan for this time during a total stoppage, write this down. Hardship is refreshing our relationship with God. Hardship is refreshing our relationship. And you know, hardship always either refreshes your perspective uh, and renews your perspective, or it can take you south and into negativity and bitterness. And this is God's purpose that he's articulated here to Jeremiah when there was a total stoppage and people were asking why for my friend who texted me and for you right now is that is that this circumstance, God is not limited by this hardship. In fact, he's refreshing our relationship. The people at Jeremiah's time are saying, who's wise enough to understand this? And God is saying, hey, boast about this, the understanding to know me versus what? versus how much stuff I have, versus how much I know, versus how empowered and strong and self-sufficient I am. And so we're gonna talk about how to participate in God's unplanned plan of allowing this circumstance to refresh your relationship with God right now. Because if that's the plan, we should participate in, in God's plan and start shifting what it is that we talk about. But we have to internalize a few things that's going on right now. And I wanted to put a definition of the word internalize because um, this is gonna be important for the discussion going forward this morning. To internalize something means to take something in, to incorporate internally into yourself as a subconscious or conscious guiding principle. Now, translated, what does that mean? It means that when I internalize something, I have some new thoughts that are gonna guide some new perspectives that are gonna produce some new words and some new actions. God wants you to internalize some things about him right now. Not later, not when things get better, but right now in the midst of hardship because he wants to refresh your relationship with him. And the first thing he wants to internalize is I internalize God's priority right now. I internalize God's priority. In the Bible, there are many men who are, are seeking clarity in the cloudiness of circumstances. And one of those guys was Moses. And, uh, and Moses says this in Exodus 33. He's seeking clarity. Listen to Moses talk to God. Moses said to the Lord, it's right there on your notes and on the screen, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. You see how Moses is, is seeking clarity in the midst of this circumstance. He wants to know who God's gonna partner with him on this journey and this adventure uh, of leadership and God's purpose. And he's talking to God and, and God's saying to him, hey, I know you by name. You have favor with me. And Moses is saying, please teach me your ways. And, and God says, okay, I understand your request. I understand the clarity you want, but here's the clarity I'm going to give. My presence is going to go with you during this time. I'm going to be with you in the cloudiness, and my presence is your clarity, and my presence is your peace. Would you say that with me today and even make it a prayer? God, your presence with me 
is my clarity and your presence is my peace. Did you notice that what Moses asked for, God didn't get him, give him? He's like, I want to know a specific. I want to know who you're going to assign to partner with me as I'm on this journey. And instead of God giving Moses an answer to that question, he says, you know what? My presence versus your plan is the priority. Why? Because I don't want you to miss me. Isn't that so true in this circumstance? We want to know the answer to our financial future. We want to know what life is going to be like. We want to know all these things that we don't know about. And we want clarity on that. And God is saying to us this morning through his word, he's saying, Kenny, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Now, if anybody else was saying that, I'm like, good, you can have your presence, but I, I need clarity about my future. But it's not anyone. These are the words of the Lord. And this word of the Lord has traveled through time to us right now in the cloudiness of our circumstance. You know what you have right now? You have the presence of God right now. In your living room, wherever you're watching this, in your home, wherever you are, you know what you have right now? You have clarity. What's the clarity? The presence of God. You know what the presence of God brings in the midst of cloudiness? It brings peace and it brings calm. Why? Because God is with me. That's the import of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. What do you have to internalize right now? right, to refresh your vision, you got to internalize, what does God want right now? Number one, what's his number one purpose? His number one purpose is that you shift from the problem to his presence and to his person, right? Now, Jesus, with his disciples, this is a great little picture uh, from John chapter 16, but Jesus is is with his disciples, and he's talking about a time when it's going to get cloudy for them, and it's actually a parallel situation that he tells them is going to come, and then he talks about God's priority in the problem. He says this to the disciples in John chapter 16. He said, a time is coming, in fact, has come, when you will be scattered, listen to this, each to your own home. Can you relate? You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone. For my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So you have a situation that falls upon followers of Jesus, and there is a shift spiritually, right, where they're going to, in the midst of that situation, they're going to know peace, they're going to know eternal life, and they're going to know God. I love the language that, that Jesus uses, right? He says, you're going to be scattered each to your own home. That's what 
where all of us are at this moment. And he says, I'm not alone and you're not going to be alone. I'm telling you this so that in me, you will have peace. And as he talks to his disciples, then the conversation shifts and he starts talking to God about the disciples after talking about the situation. And he says, God, I know this new situation is going to involve isolation and I pray for a new connection and new transformation. You know what God God's priority is for right now? A new connection with him and new transformation, right? Would you say those two words with me? Say connection and transformation, right? That's God's priority, right? His presence is going to go with us. Jesus' presence is with us. In him, we're going to find and secure and possess peace. And as we pursue God's priority, the rest is going to follow. So the question right now is, is, is your priority God's priority? Is, is God's priority my priority? Which is what? To understand and know him, that he is the Lord, that in him I have peace and knowing him. So God's priority right now is that you know him, that you shift from the focuses that you were so dedicated to uh, before COVID broke out, that you shift in COVID from the problem to his person so that you can find his presence and his rest and peace. So that's how you refresh your vision of God right now. You have to internalize and take in this principle of God's priority of knowing him and let that 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 guiding principle that you're learning right now follow you out of it. God wants this to change you permanently and have that guiding principle. Hey, you know what the priority is in my life? Is knowing God. That's true now for sure. And then after, what's the, what's going to be the priority? What does he want to be the priority? Knowing him. Understanding and knowing him. Now, the second thing that we need to internalize in order to refresh God's vision for our lives is we have to internalize God's sovereignty right now. In the passage in Jeremiah, uh, God says, hey, if you're going to boast about anything right now in the midst of your cloudiness, boast in this, that you have the understanding to know me. And then he follows with this line, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight. What's God saying? God's saying, I'm in control. I'm over what I make. I'm not limited by what limits you. God's saying, I'm sovereign over this. I'm in control. Your circumstances may be out of control, but that doesn't mean I'm out of control. Actually, I'm sovereign. I'm the Lord. I'm the creator. I'm over the creation. And I'm working and delivering and exercising kindness and justice and righteousness in the midst of it. Why? Because I'm not limited to earth's circumstances because I'm above earth and I can work around the things of earth because I'm over earth. You know, there are some of you right now and you're saying, Kenny, where is God in all of this? And I'm going to give you the answer right now. Where is God in all of this? He's right where he was when his son, Jesus, was being tortured and his son, Jesus, was being crucified. That was a pretty cloudy day for everybody watching that. Nobody thought 
oh, that's going to turn out for good. And yet, God was sovereign in that horrible, confusing, cloudiness and injustice because he's over what was happening. He was over what was happening and he was in what was happening. You see, God wants you to know him in this circumstance. That's his priority. But what does he want you to know about him? He wants you to know that he's sovereign. This may have surprised us, but it didn't surprise him. It may feel out of control, but he's not out of control. He's over what is happening. He's in what is happening. The same way he was over the torture and crucifixion of his son and in what was happening and redeeming what happened there. And he's redeeming what's happening now for his larger purposes. Why? Because he's bigger. You know, uh, my daughter Jenna, when she was little, uh, was on vacation with the family, and uh, my son and I were jumping off a cliff in Mexico, about 40 feet, into the ocean. And at the time, Jenna was about, I think, six years old. And she saw her dad and her brother uh, taking this huge leap into the ocean. And uh, so she got up, unannounced to me, walked over from the little kiddie pool, one foot deep, uh, over to where we were on the cliff and jumping into the water. And she hit my back and she said, Dad, I want to jump with you guys. And my mindset was, there's no way you want to do this. And so I walked her up to the cliff and I said, look over there. And she goes, and I said, okay, you know, and I got that dad voice on and I said, I'm going to count to three. And I felt her squeeze my hand and flex her legs. And I thought, what in my mind, it's like, how is she getting the courage to do this? And I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to count to three and we're going to jump and I'm going to fall fast and you're going you're gonna to be up here because I fall faster. And I said, you ready? And so I said, one, two, three. And we jumped and what I told her would happen, happened. We went underneath the water. We came up and I told her I wouldn't let go. And she came out of the water and she said, that was fun, Dad. Let's do it again. And we swam back to the stairs where we would walk out. And I just stopped when we got out of the water and I said, Jenna, what has gotten into you? Why did you do that? It's shocking to me. And in her little six-year-old voice, she said, well, I said to myself, I'm really scared, but I'm with my dad and everything is going to be okay. You know that that's the greatest spiritual lesson I have ever learned through a life circumstance. My little six-year-old had this view of me that I was bigger than her fear. I was bigger than the unknown. I was bigger than what she saw. I was bigger than this risk. And you know, that was a huge lesson for me. We have to see God for who he is because when we see God for who he is, we can walk into any circumstance and we have to see how sovereign and capable God is. And our life in God will reflect our view of God. And, and what is God saying to us this morning? Saying, men, you need to remember, I'm in total control. And we, lean, we need to let God be who he is, not what the circumstances have molded and shaped him into, which is not big enough to handle 
what we're going through are big enough to handle uh, the future. And I just, I cherry picked just a couple of situations that demonstrate God's sovereignty. One of them is in Genesis and it involves a man named Noah. And it says this, but God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of heaven had been closed and the rain stopped falling from the sky. Do you know that that's what God is capable of doing? He can end this thing as fast as it started. He's over what he makes. And he sees a man in the midst of cloudiness and a flood and a storm, literally and emotionally, of life. And then when God says it's over, it's over. It's it's ended. And that's the God who we know. That's the God who's present with you right now, wherever you are. That's how big he is. Another picture uh, of God's sovereignty and capability and control comes from the New Testament. I have it there. It's from Matthew chapter 8. Imagine being in this situation. The context is uh, some guys have gotten into the boat. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. And the guys that got into the boat with Jesus are wondering, why did we get in the boat? And the boat starts uh, taking on water. And uh, this is the response in the middle of the situation of the disciples. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Now, only a sovereign creator can say that because human beings should be afraid. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Can I just tell you something that God wants you to know right now? This circumstance knows the voice of Jesus Christ. This storm that you're in knows the voice of Jesus Christ. At any time, God can speak his will into the winds and waves of your personal life and your circumstance, and he can declare it over with a word. That's how powerful God is. So if we're going to refresh our vision of God right now, if we're going to allow the hardship to refresh the relationship And we're going to understand and know God a lot better than we did before. We have to do two things. We have to internalize God's priority right now, which is to know him and to see him for who he is. And then we have to internalize something specific about him. He's in control. Would you say that? God's in control. Tell your spirit, God's in control. Tell the devil, God's in control. Tell your anxiety, God's in control. You see, those, those, those guys that got in the boat with Jesus, they thought, all right, I'm going to step off the shore of safety and get into the boat with God. Right? A little ways into the journey, they're like, I regret getting into the boat with God. But only those who got in the boat with God saw the power of God. See, there was a time in the past when you got in the boat with God and you said, you know what? I'm going to follow you no matter what and you received Christ, and you became a believer. You became a man of God. And then circumstances hit your life. And Jesus is saying to us, kind of how he was questioning the disciples, it's like, I'm in the boat with you. And if I'm in the boat with you, the sovereign creator of everything who has control over all realms, you don't need to be afraid. But you have to recognize I'm in control. 
that you have to internalize my sovereignty. You know, the Bible talks about God's sovereignty in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. It says this, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. Would you say those words with me? What he opens, no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. Now, here's the translation that I want to speak right now into your spirit. Are you ready to receive it? If God wants something to happen, nothing can stop it. I want to declare that over you right now. If God wants something to happen in your life, nothing is going to stop it. Take that in. Internalize God's sovereignty and watch your faith grow and watch your confidence grow and watch your peace grow. Speak that into your circumstance. Hey, if God wants something to happen, nothing can stop it. You see, that's an accurate view of God. And my life in God right now is going to reflect my view of God. And my view of God has to be, and this is what God wants you to know about him, is that if God wants anything to happen, absolutely anything to happen, there is no force of nature, there is no circumstance on earth, there is no evil that can stop what he wants to happen. So if something's not happening, it's because he hasn't allowed it to happen because there's some other purposes he is exercising in the midst of us, his kindness and his righteousness and his justice. He's working out another purpose. Now let's get to the last thing that we need to take in and incorporate internally that we need to internalize. Number three, we need to internalize God's love for humanity right now. Now that takes faith. Just like it took faith for anyone to believe that God was loving humanity in the torture and crucifixion of Jesus. You see, at the heart of this circumstance is the heart of the gospel. God was loving us. In fact, he was so loving us in sending his only son and demonstrating his kindness by allowing him to pay the price that was intended for us. And God was loving us in that moment. And I just want to tell you right now, I don't know what, what pain it is that you're going through, but God is loving you right now. God is present with you, and God is loving you. And it doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter how counterintuitive that may seem. Because God is sovereign, and God is loving. Listen to the Bible talk about how God is loving when it appears that circumstances are against us. In, in, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, it says this, For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then, my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. O storm-battered city, troubled and desolate, I will rebuild you with precious jewels and make your foundation from lapis lazuli. That means I'm gonna, you're gonna come out better than when you entered this time of tribulation and trouble. That's why Jesus could say, in this world you'll have tribulation, but take courage, 
I've overcome the world. I said this before during this Coronicle Chronicle series. We're on God's calendar of history. He cre- there's creation. There's a fall in Genesis chapter 3. Now there's a plan of redemption, and we're in that, that age of redemption. And ultimately, when this chapter of redemption closes, salvation and glory. Right? We're in this space of his calendar, which means that earth is broken, people are broken, there's injustice and natural disasters and disease, but God is in the process of redeeming everything that was lost. The question is, Do we believe it? And do we believe that God is over it? And do we believe that there is the master's plan for our lives and for history right now? Well, we have to refresh our perspective of God. We have to understand and internalize what God's priority is. We have to internalize God's sovereignty right now that he's in control. And we have to internalize God's love for humanity. That's why the the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 8 that there's nothing that can separate you from his love. So not only is he in control, but he's loving. And he's loving on us at this moment. You know, in the Psalms, which is kind of the book of emotion in the Bible, listen to the psalmist in Psalm 94 say these words. Unless the Lord had given me help, I would have dwelt in the silence of death. When I said, my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Do you know what you need to solve the anxiety you have? You need the presence of Jesus in your life, the sovereign God who's over what he creates. You need to remember that Jesus was in, is in control, that just like God was in control Over that terrible day on Good Friday, he's in control right now. He's over it and he's in it. What's happening right now? And you need to remember that God loves you. And while you might feel like your foot is slipping, what's the answer? Your unfailing love needs to support you. If your anxiety is great within you, you need the consolation of God's love to restore your joy. Not later, not when all your circumstances resolve, but right now. You see, that's supernatural. The man of God lives a supernatural life, which means the supernatural is supernatural. Why? Because he understands God's priority. He understands God's sovereignty. He understands God's unfailing love. And that's happening right now uh, on earth for humanity. You know, Jeremiah wrote a second book. It's, it's called the Book of Lamentations. And in the Lam- Book of Lamentations, chapter 3, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, he says this, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never, never fail. See the shift? Confusing situation, cloudiness, no hope. Then there's a shift. And he says, yet, and that marks a transition in his thinking. And he says, yet this I call to mind. See the shift in his perspective? He's he's moving from cloudiness and confusion, and he's taking his focus off of the problem, and he's putting it onto God. And as he's putting his focus onto God, he says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Hope invades his circumstance, 
He says, because of the Lord's great love, I'm not going to be consumed by this. My circumstances aren't going to tell me who I am. My circumstances aren't going to control my emotions. My circumstances aren't going to give me anxiety because of the Lord's great love. I'm not going to be consumed by this thing because I'm connected to God, who I know, who is sovereign, and who is loving. So as we wrap up uh, week five of the Corona Chronicles, we need to kind of establish a goal for all of us, right? And we need to have a promise that we can kind of put both feet on. And and so I found a verse, uh, a set of verses, some truth from Ephesians chapter one that sort of summarizes everything we've been talking about. And this is a prayer. And I'm gonna let this prayer prophetically be my prayer for you right now. And so I kind of want you to put down whatever it is that you're writing with, and I just I want you to receive this, this prayer and just know that this is my heart and this is God's heart talking right now. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. What an awesome prayer. You know that the best prayers to God is when we pray the word of God. And so as we close today, I'm going to pray again, and we're going to talk to Jesus, and I'm going to to declare some things over you based on the word of God. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, we want to know you better. And I know that there's a lot of men out there listening to the sound of my voice and watching this live stream, and that's their prayer. They want to know you better. If that's your desire, just say, Jesus, I want to know you better. Jesus, thank you for the wisdom and revelation of your word to me this morning. Jesus, you have spoken to me, and you want me to know that your priority in the midst of this circumstance is to know you. Not to talk about what I know or what I have or talk about how empowered and strong I am, but you want me to know you're in control, and you love me. So Lord, I pray this morning that you would open my eyes. Ask Jesus to open your eyes. Open my eyes to see what you want. Open my heart to our relationship right now. Open my mouth to boast about and speak about what you're doing in me. And Jesus, right now, I declare who you are right now. You're the sovereign God of the universe. You're the loving God who died for me on a cross. You're in control. And you have my best interest in mind right now. Lord, I pray the prayer of of Moses. I ask for your presence to go with me and for you to give me rest right now. I choose to rest in you, my Savior and my God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Well, that concludes the men's global live stream. Let me just say that as we get into God's word and God shifts your perspective about him and as you get to know him and as you go to a discussion right now, because on the notes there's some discussion. Many of you are having Zoom calls or FaceTime calls. Can I encourage you to do that? Where you watch the live stream and then just talk to somebody and work through some of these, these questions related to the study. And then when this situation, whenever God speaks into it, whenever he says, okay, this is done, and we get back to the next chapter of our lives, transformed, uh, the team here at Everyman uh, wants to help equip you with that. And, uh, and so check us out, all right? Look at our, our, our resources on everymanministries.com. And uh, between today and next Thursday, I'm just praying that the, the presence and love of God the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with you until we see each other again. God bless. Thanks for watching our national broadcast. If you felt connected to today's message, there's a couple of things that you can do. First, you can subscribe to our daily devotionals. Each day, you will receive via email a new men's daily devotional for you to go deeper in your walk with God. Now, second, you can sign up and be a subscriber to our Everyman platform. We have hundreds of custom curated curriculums for you and your men to do Bible study together. We also have special documentaries, films, and even music from our Dangerous Good Conference. We want you to be a part of our growing community of men that are being transformed daily to become what God always intended them to be. Now to subscribe, just go to our website at everymanministries.com and sign up today. Thanks so much for watching and God bless.